Folks, you can support the hardest working sports talk show in South Florida through Cash App or Venmo. Just search Cash Big O Show. Support us through Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. We thank you for your incredible support. We start with the great Matt Verderam ready to rock and roll. Go around the NFL. Did you, uh, did you sleep with the Lombardi Trophy last night or what? <laughs> no, no, I slept next to my, I slept next to my wife who is, uh, who is recovering from COVID. I mean, she's fine, but she, she can't taste anything, which oh, God. that's bad, which has been like, so I don't understand. So I've had COVID. I, um, I had it two years ago and it was one of those deals. Where everybody gets it differently. And I had it where I just, I, I basically was draining from the sinuses like a, like a mess for about three days. That was what happened to me. And I was really tired. So my wife now has had it two times. And both times she's lost taste. But the first time she lost taste for like an hour. And then and she was fine. Now she's lost taste for like three or four days. It's starting to come back. I said to her, the other day I came downstairs. And I don't know if you, actually, yeah, you do have them before. I saw it when I was in Pensacola. Those crumble cookies. You ever see those? Like those big, yeah, okay. They're great, right? We get them every week, which we shouldn't, but we do. So I come downstairs. And she's sitting there eating one of these crumble cookies. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? What are you I'm like, you can't taste. You're, like, you're eating like a 700-calorie cookie. You can't even taste it. This should be the time. And not, I mean, listen, she, she, God bless her. She's in much better shape than I'll ever be in. But I'm like, you're, this should be the time. Like, you should be eating like broccoli. Like, you're always talking about losing like that extra, that hey. pound that you have. Like, why do you feel? Kale, bro. That's what she should yeah, be. You can't taste anything. This should be the time. Like, eat all the eat all the crap that you don't want to eat. And she's sitting there eating this chocolate frosted cookie. I'm like, can you even taste it? No. I'm like, what? Like, I, another time as a man, I'll never understand the woman sitting there eating a cookie she can't taste. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Well, uh, Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction. Couldn't taste for over a year. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he got his taste buds back. I ha- I knew no- somebody who had like it was like three, it wasn't a year, but it was a while. It was like three or four months. Dave Navarro from from um what's it called um James. James. Yeah. And he had it. He I don't even know if it came back yet actually, but it was like over a year the guy was suffering from it. It's a, dude. It's DNA. It's just. We have no idea how it affects one person or another. And that was just the crazy one person. It could be a cold and the other person could freaking die, dude. It's just, it's insanity that, that stuff. But anyway, um, well, at least they charge uh, two of the idiots so far from the uh, parade. And apparently it wasn't, it doesn't look like it was a mass shooting. It was just a, a massive stupidity that led to the tragedy. I mean, uh, yeah, amazing. I I don't know how to word this. I mean, amazingly, one person was uh, it was I don't it was it's obviously tragic. Anybody lost their lives, and and, and of course, uh, you know, I I guess I guess the way to put it is incredibly not more people uh, were killed. Right. I, I mean, that that would be that's what I'm trying to drive at here. I mean, it's um, you know, twenty some odd people get shot. Like usually the fatality rate with with that kind of a weapon, you're talking about a lot higher than one person passing away. Still t- incredibly tragic. And, and both of those people, as far as I'm concerned, can get the chair uh, if, if they're found yeah, guilty of it. Me um, too. 
Got but, no problem with that. You know, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I you know, it was it was good to see the support uh, for everybody. Uh, you know, the, the Mahomes just went down to the Children's Hospital. Taylor Swift, listen, I and, and the one thing I, I I can't stand is when people like of means donate, and then other people are like, well, you know, we have the money. Hey, look, she didn't have to donate anything. She don't ever give a penny, bro. Right, damn right. one damn thousand dollars. Kelsey matched it. Like that was uh, good to see. And then, of course, just a lot of just everyday people donating and, and whatnot to help the cause. So that's heartwarming. Uh, I would like to see the Chiefs next season do something for these victims, whether it is providing them with season tickets, whether it is a moment uh, before the first game, whatever it may be. Uh, God knows the Chiefs and the NFL have the means. Uh, I'd like to see them roll out the red carpet for all these people, the surviving uh, victims and uh, for the family of the, the woman who was lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the uh, football side, I guess the hot button subject is Chris Jones yep. uh, for Kansas City. And some people are talking about uh, Mike um, Evans from uh, Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. I I saw him drop a lot of passes this year for Tampa Bay. And he's up there in years already. I know he's been one monster player and he's a Hall of Fame caliber type player and all that. I don't know if 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 I'm Kansas City, maybe I'm thinking somebody slightly younger um than Mike Evans. Uh and he's also had some injuries the last couple of years too. I, I I don't know if I would agree with that move, to be quite honest. And I know I, it sounds crazy. I'd be shocked if they signed Mike Evans. I, I I think that is more of like a media, like, hey, you know who'd be a great fit there, rather I, than like that's actually going to happen type of yeah. thing. I They don't sign guys over 30. They, they traded Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to pay him into his studies. Okay? And Tyreek Hill is a better player than Mike Evans. I, I would be I'd be floored. And here, can I add one more caveat why it doesn't make yeah. sense to me also? Okay, so you want to bring back Jones or not. You want to bring back some other guys. Isn't it? Isn't it Jarius also? Yeah, uh, Jarius yeah. Right. He's like an, an, yeah. a super important piece. Um, so now you're going to go out in veteran free agency and spend money? Yeah. No. If Kansas City, you draft. Yeah. That no, way no. you don't pay for the damn receiver. And you go get a guy in your first or second rounds. There's a lot of receivers. Just make sure you hit on them. And if you hit on them along with with Rice, along with Kelsey, dude, you'll be fine, bro. You'll be fine. In fact, uh, the uh, the Green Bay kid started showing up at the end. So maybe he can become your three or four next year. What the hell? To me, money-wise, it makes sense for the Chiefs to draft a receiver. Not go see them. So – the Chiefs offseason, I would, well, I would theoretically bet a lot of money on the idea that they're going to cut MVS and save twelve million bucks. Okay, and they are going to restructure some of Mahomes' money. Now, I don't know if they'll do the whole thing. If they do the whole thing, they save about thirty-five million dollars this year. So they've already got space. They're at about fifteen to seventeen projected. If they cut MVS, it's, it's now almost thirty. Um, my strong inclination is they are going to do what they need to do to keep at least one of Snead and Jones. I think Jones is the priority at the moment. He's going to be more expensive because he's 
he's at this point in the conversation for being the most expensive player in NFL history on the defensive side of the football. Um, I don't think they're going to tag him. Tagging him would be $32 million. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I think Sneed is very much in the conversation for being tagged because exactly. he's eighteen million million, and I can see the Chiefs just being like, you know what's worth it to us? $18 million to tag you and then sign you at a later date. And li- later date, exactly. And you can rework that deal and lower that number down. Exactly. And, I that's think it. and by the way, the trick is, as this as the offseason wears on and you've got the tag, the money dries up, and then yeah. you got to sit there and negotiate. Yeah, we need to negotiate. We need to negotiate a long-term deal because we're if not, we're what are we going to do? Sign a one-year deal and put your knee at risk? No, right. we're not. And so, so. And, and and I think look, I think it's more likely they sign both those guys and neither. I think it's probably though the most likely that they sign one of them long-term. My guess is that that would be Jones. I mean, Jones. Now, listen, he was he was fueled by an ungodly amount of alcohol in the moment, but at the parade was yelling, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I want to be here for three more years, all the rest of it. So, look, I think I think at some point here, I think they will figure this out. Uh, they they tried all summer long, and he, he, as we talked about all summer long, had a holdout that did not exactly play into his favor. Um, I, I think they will sign him at some point. I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's guaranteed. Uh, but I think they, they will do everything they can to sign him but I, I think one of he and Snead will come back. I think there's a. I think though it's much more likely that the two of them come back and they don't go make a big splash at receiver, than that they let one of those guys walk so they could go out and sign, you know, Hollywood Brown. That's just not who they are. I don't think they're going to do that. Like I think they're much more likely to keep this defense together as much as possible, and then in the draft, go go take a guy at 32. Go take a guy in the second round. Um, you know, or go and go or and in free agency, add a guy like Tyler Boyd, who's not going to break the bank, like somebody like that. I just don't see. I, every, I know everybody thinks they're going to go out and sign T Higgins. They're not signing T Higgins. Oh, that's a lot of money, bro. No, they're not doing that. They're not going to do that. No, that doesn't. No, no. But the Tyler Boyd one is a really good. That's, that's like really the typical, like they would do like two and 20 and hey, he's going to give you 800 yards. And it's just what they did with Juju. One year, eight million bucks, and like he'll come in and he'll stabilize. He's a better receiver. He's a better receiver than everybody you have right now, except for Rice and I agree. Kelsey. I agree. Which is why I and they'll they'll just they'll look at him and go, he'll get them ten yards of reception and he'll have eighty receptions. And they'll Blame just balls, bro. Please. That's it. That's how no. they'll. So I would look for something like that. They're not going to go out and sign a huge name or receiver. I'd be shocked. No, no, no. Higgins is going to get number one money, bro. Number oh, one. He's going to five a year if he hits free agency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If he hits now, Cincinnati may do the bullshit tag yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, but but he's going to have to stick to his guns. He's going to have to because you know cheap ass Mike Brown is going to try to, you know corner him and and uh you, if you're t higgins unfortunately you may have to run the risk of playing a, a season on the tag i wonder if t higgins if they tag him which i think they will tag him if they tag him i wonder if t higgins will just say look i'm not playing for you trade me you know yeah. and by the way if there, if t higgins does hit the market the team that makes the most sense to me in flashing lights is tennessee he is from tennessee he went to school at clemson and his right. offensive coordinator is now the head coach there. And they have the second most cap space in the NFL and have no long-term plan at receiver. 
Like no, there's the, the draft pick screwed up. Um, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Trillon, well, that's Trillon Burks, who who really right. hasn't come to fruition. Like, if there's ever a team that'll just be like, yeah, that guy, like Higgins to me in Tennessee seemed like a match made in heaven. But I, I the only thing that would concern me with Higgins, he's always been the number two receiver, and he's got Joe Burrow. And like, what happens when you're the number one receiver and you're Will Levis? Then what happens? Yeah, that, that always concerns me when guys go from a situation like that to a situation and go, yeah, it's not quite the same thing this time around. I know, but he looks like the real deal. I love the guy. I love you know, the guy. I just worry about. You're saying right now, okay, you might be a little young, but but it happened when you were young. Peerless Price. Yeah. Peerless was playing great in Buffalo, had the quarterback, was playing opposite of Eric the Beast Molds. Yeah. And putting up great numbers, and then Atlanta went and gave him a contract to make him their number one, and you found out soon enough that Peerless Price, by the way, former Tennessee receiver also, yeah. um, was not the was not really worthy of a number one. He was a guy that should be always a number two or number three, and that kind of got exposed. And by the way, that kind of that kind of uh, sped up his exit from the league. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately because of that you know I mean? so but I, I i don't see t higgins like peerless price i don't I, listen i think he'll be fine but it, it would be a question that would be in my mind I, there are some guys listen that were number twos yeah. that, that like reggie wayne was a number two early in his career obviously he worked he, just fine he was okay tory holt was a number two coming in he was just fine i mean it, it there are plenty of examples of that but there's also there have been guys peerless prices of the world who it's yeah. like, yeah, hey, he's great. And then it's like he's a number one. You're like, oh, he's really a number two. I, I don't think that's the case with Higgins. I agree with you, but it would be something that would give me a little bit of pause. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. I get it. And and I have the, you know, the, I pulled out the experience from that one with uh, with Price. So I, I've seen it happen before. Uh, I just don't think in this case. Oh, by the way, Mike Wallace. Miami oh, Mike, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Mike Wallace. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Another one that, you know, the speed and all that. And then, you know, we had an idiot GM that thought that he was a number one and and the rest is history. So it is it is possible for for stuff like that to happen. I just think that T Higgins is as uh, as the kids say, he's the shit. Uh, that's kind of the way I look at him, you know, overall. Um, what do you what do you what do you think of the after everything is said and done? The three-peat thing for your team, is that going to be the ultimate motivator for everybody to come back and get this thing done? I think that it will be a motivator for guys like Chris Jones. Chris Jones has already gotten paid a fortune. Um, Not that you don't want another fortune, but he's already gotten paid. I think it matters to him. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It matters to him, I believe, to be on a, a team that can say that. A guy like Legarius Sneed has never gotten paid. He's on a, he's a fourth-round pick on a rookie deal. I think it matters less to him. Like, I think he wants his money, and he should, and I don't blame him, and I would too. Um, I do think that it's an interesting carrot to dangle out there for guys like Drew Tranquil, who, you know, or Willie Gay, who are free agents who aren't going to get nearly as much money, and maybe it's close and you come back to try to win another title. The one thing I am interested in, even though technically those guys wouldn't be three-peating, 
the guys who are out there who are the, like the guys who get cut, the cap casualties, the veteran guys, the older players, like how much does it just take? Come on along for the ride. As far as guys on the team, I think it obviously means the most to guys like Mahomes and Andy Reid because those are the positions that are judged by this stuff, right? I mean, I like I said Jones thing it matters, Kelsey, because Kelsey at this point is such a, a star in, in his own right. But like I think it's gonna really motivate Mahomes, which in turn is gonna put a burr under everybody else's ass because Mahomes is gonna be a burr under everybody else's ass. Like that, that's gonna be a thing, right? It's gonna be they're gonna have some guys who by nature are just a little complacent, you know. I mean, th- think about this. They have a draft class right now that Last year started like eight different guys on the team, six of them on defense. They've done nothing but win a Super Bowl. Like they don't know anything. They've shown up and they've won two Super Bowls. I think human nature is a little bit of like, hey, man, we're just going to roll out the balls and we're going to win again. The funny thing about this last year, though, is it was so hard for them. Like I wonder if that almost benefits them next year, that it's like, hey, it's not just a roll out the balls and win thing. They didn't go 15-2. and They didn't go 14 and three and just destroy teams. Like they really had to earn it. I think that Mahomes will be incredibly motivated, which is why I think the team itself will be as well. But it's going to be interesting. I think it helps to bring back Jones. I don't know that it matters for a guy like Snead, though. All right. uh, Another thing I got to ask you where does Justin Fields land? Who trades for him? Because there are a bunch of teams out there that still need a quarterback. You figure they're going to take Caleb Williams, number one, right? So if you're going to take Caleb Williams, you're going to need to move Justin Fields before. What's the team that ends up with him? I think there's a handful of teams that make a lot of sense. I mean, to me, Atlanta makes a lot of sense. Um, Pittsburgh makes all the sense in the world to me. I I mean, if you're the Steelers, let's call it what it is here. Kenny Pickett can't play. Period. End of story. Like, let, let's just stop the charade that it's going to be him and Mason Rudolph in camp. I mean, if it is, you might as well shut down the season. It's over. Okay. The Raiders are interesting. They need a quarterback. Denver's interesting. Denver needs a quarterback. And Denver has no money. So Denver, like, really needs a quarterback. The problem with Denver is you give, you've given away a million picks the last handful of years. Are you going to give away more picks? And, and Sean Payton, is Sean Payton enamored with Justin Fields? I don't know. I mean, he loves Taysom Hill, but and, and Taysom Hill is this, this running, athletic type of guy, and Fields is a is a much better quarterback. But like, I I don't know. You know, he also had Drew Brees, and Drew Brees was a statue. So I, I it'll be interesting to see what Sean Payton thinks of Justin Fields. I I think the team that makes the most sense on paper is Pittsburgh. I, the Steelers to me, you've got to have a guy. You got. I, I'm sorry, you cannot go into next season and sell this idea that those guys are the answer. And I don't think if you're the Steelers, you're getting anybody in the first round we're talking about. You're drafting too far back. Right. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm trading a second for Justin Fields. If it doesn't work out, so what? It's a second-round pick. You're not giving up three firsts. No. I mean, teams have rebounded from far worse. The Niners drafted Trey Lance, and they were in the Super Bowl this year. Like, if I'm Pittsburgh, that's the route I'm going. Now, will they do it? Who knows? But I think there's going to be a robust market out there for Fields. I think he brings back a day two pick, maybe even a secondary pick as well. I um, I, I love his toughness. Yeah, I think, I think he's worth. Uh, I think this kid's a fighter. 
I I would easily give up a second round pick for Justin Fields and take a chance in a in a league that is so hard to find a decent quarterback, dude. If you have no quarterback, I don't know how you don't make a move for Justin Fields. If you're only what? giving a second rounder and you're inheriting his contract too, by the way, you're not you don't really have to give him a big contract no. or anything in the no. process. So you really there's a lot of positives to it. If it works out, you're a genius. If it doesn't, dude, you gave up a second round pick. It's not the end of the world. That's it. It's a really good gamble for any of those teams that you talked about. Yes, I, I think if you're any of those teams, it's worth the shot. Because to me, if you're going to get it, if you're going to get a veteran quarterback, like what are the other options here? Okay, now Cousins and Mayfield. Okay, but I, it's my opinion. I think both those guys are going back to where they are. Well, Mayfield. Mayfield's not going. They're not going to let him go in Tampa, dude. Come on. And if you're if you're the Vikings, like you're pretty good. Like you're in the NFC. Like you're you're a team that could be in the divisional round of the playoffs. Maybe even get the NFC title game if you're lucky. But you, do you want Justin Jefferson? You better get him a quarterback. Wait, I mean, you're gonna right. You're gonna let that guy walk out the door. Like to me, come on. And and Cousins and O'Connell, they get along. Well. I just think he'll go back there. So if it's not those two guys, you're talking about what now? Russell Wilson. Ryan Tannehill, like, and by the way, I think Tannehill, well, like, but, but Tannenbaum has Russell Wilson backing up Aaron Rodgers in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, I I will I will say that's not going to happen. Um, I also would say that there might be a there might be a uh, suggestion I have ever heard in my life, dude. I, there, there might I, also I, be stays on television to be quite honest. There, there might be a mutiny in that locker room by the second day of the season, having to deal with both guys. Um, I, I can't even, I mean, you have one guy doing high knees down the plane and the other guy trying to tell you that if, you know, if you, you take hydroxychloroquine at, at uh, bulk rate, it, things are good. I, I look, I, 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 I is going to be locked in the bathroom in a dark bathroom in the air, <laughs> the airplane while Wilson is up, running up and down this, the, the audience. That's what it is. One quarterback in a dark room and the other one just running up and down. The Robert Sala would be like, you know how like in the beginning of a presidency, they take a photograph and then they take one at the end and, and the guy's aged like 57 years. Robert Sala would be that man over a four month period. Like I can't, Robert Sala would have like a gray beard and a cane by the end of it. I mean, it would just be, I, I can't even imagine, but look, I, Tannehill, the one thing that is interesting with him is, of course, he's played in Tennessee for years, and Arthur Smith was uh, there as his OC, and now he's the OC in Pittsburgh. Right. So do, do, do those dots connect? Does Pittsburgh just go, all right, we'll take Tana? I'd, I'd rather have Fields, but uh, for a lot less money and a lot more upside, but you know how the NFL works. So uh, we'll see. But I'm not over the moon about bringing in Russell Wilson, Tana. By the way, Russell Wilson, quick thing, I could see him being with the Raiders. He wanted to – the Raiders were one of those teams that he was interested in when he was leaving Seattle. And um, the Raiders are the Raiders. And I can see the Raiders just being like, sure, what the hell? No, no, but that's not a bad suggestion. You're, and that's not even a joke on your part. I think that, no, that's a stopgap type yeah. of thing for them while they search for their young guy, a bridge yeah. guy for a year or two. Dude, Russell didn't play bad last year. No, he was he was pretty average, which was a, you know a market improvement from where he was a year ago. I mean, he didn't play bad. He played better than some co other quarterbacks in the league. So it wasn't no. like he was terrible, dude. He's serviceable for you. And right now, if you're the Raiders, you need something serviceable to get, get yeah. you by while you, you know, draft uh, the future, hopefully, at one point or another. 
No, I, I agree with that. I agree. And I think it's interesting. We'll see. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're the Raiders and you have Russell Wilson, I mean, you're not winning a Super Bowl, but you're competitive. You're at no. least like a, you know, a team that you look at and go, okay, like they're, they're respectable. Um, you know, and if you're Devontae Adams, you're like, thank God, right? It's better than Jimmy G and it's better than Aiden O'Connell. And, you know, the question with those two teams, that's really interesting is, so the Raiders draft 13th, the Broncos draft 12th. They're not getting those top three guys. What about a J.J. McCarthy? What about a Bo Nix? What about a Michael Penix Jr.? Like, right. Are they going to pull the trigger and take one of those guys? Or do they look at those guys and go, yeah, it's nice. Like, I don't want a guy who's 24 and in the case of Penix injury prone or in the case of Nix, like, was terrible at Auburn. Terrible in a pro-style system. With yeah, Oregon. The way you mentioned that the Raiders also for Justin Fields is not a bad move. No, not, a ba- not at all. Not at all. I, I think – Fields to me is like if you don't love one of these rookie quarterbacks, just go trade a second round pick for him. Amen. What? what Amen. People treat draft picks like and I, and that, first rounders are one thing, but like picks out of it. People treat them like, oh my god, you gave up a fourth round pick. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Like nine times out of ten, that fourth round pick is going to be either a guy or somebody you cut in a year. Like. Yeah, I, it's okay. It's all right. Take, you know, like I like the charges. The charges are probably going to have a, a, a couple trades here in the works because they got to get into the cap and anything else. Khalil Mack had 17 sacks last year. Would I trade a fourth round pick for a year of Khalil Mack? Yeah, I would. If I'm a contending team, damn right I would. If I could afford to do it, like, who cares? You're giving a mid round pick? Yeah, I would do it absolutely. Yep. All right. Good stuff there. Um, Oh, shit. What was it? Oh, yeah. What are you uh, working on on Sports Illustrated? So if people can check you out, my friend. A lot of off-season stuff, man. Just, you know, kind of rolling through uh, a lot of AFC stuff as I'm sitting here. Best fits, one move a team should make, all those all those kind of staples. Next week, I'm in Indy, so I'll be in Indianapolis. I'm sure people here don't want it, but I, I'm, I'm in the magazine, the uh, the SI Presents, uh, with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And the article that I wrote was the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Uh, I, know, I know I'm sure a lot of Miami fans aren't like, yes. I can't wait to read about that game, but uh, I did I did pen the article. So, yeah, uh, but next week's going to be all combine coverage every day, article a day coming out of what I've seen, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, uh, and I'll be writing that from St. Elmo's as I'm drowning myself in a, a shrimp cocktail. So, um, yeah, that's where I'll be. Beautiful thing. There you go. And follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Matt, as always, you're awesome, baby. We'll catch up next week, my friend. Thank you. Thanks. You got it. The great Matt Verderam.